I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Haints and Hoosh. Hoosh. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haints, Hooch, and history. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. I'm your host for the evening, Dawn, and I'm here with Pam. Say hi, Pam. Hi. You were supposed to say hi, Pam. Hi, Pam. (laughs) And Dina, say hi, Dina. Hi, Dina. You stole my bit. I'm sorry. And uh, Deidre is having technical difficulties. And so she's not here tonight, but um, you're going to hear her talk about the drink that she found for us anyway, which is really good, by the way, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So let me just do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, You guys know that you find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, which is Ozarks Haints in the letter in hooch.weebly.com, W-E-E-B-L-Y. Um, we release on the 1st and 15th of each month. Um, please, if you go hear us, subscribe to us and give us all the stars. I did check some of the, I'm not very good at checking like the analytics and that kind of stuff, but I did and I found some more listener comments and I posted those on the website. We love those, please keep those coming. Um, And what else? Oh, and of course the technical disclaimer, you just heard Elvis meow in the background. So, you know, we're in three different states with three different Wi-Fi's and we got cats and dogs and mowing and thunderstorms and (laughs) all kinds of good stuff going on. So you gotta excuse us for that. Um, This is season two, episode 12. Dina's doing the big one. Pam's doing the little one. Deidre's got the drink and I'm hosting. I hope so anyway. And there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was just going to tell you guys um, before we start here, I just got back from my first like vacation vacation in a year and a half and hooray. And it was weird. Yeah, I got, I get you. (laughs) I know because I know you did too, right? Right. Yes. I, I, uh, May was a real, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, big month for me uh, travel wise. I w- made three trips out of state. And after the first one, I thought, okay, bring it on. Anybody asked me to go somewhere. I'm ready. The bag is packed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm not working this summer. So I'm ready to go anywhere you want to take me or invite right. me. So yeah, uh, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, you name it, I'm ready. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I had trouble like with the whole mask thing, like I would put a mask on and then I'd take it off. And, you know, that whole, at least in my experience, that whole thing is kind of breaking down now, you know, some people have them on, some people don't. 
I'm yeah. still going to wear it in big crowds. But um, the one thing I discovered is that socializing is exhausting. <laughs> and I'm so tired from like going to barbecues and stuff that we used to go to all the time, but I'm not used to anymore. So. Well, what, what occurred to me is how much people talk. Oh. I mean, people are talking a lot and, and, you know, I live alone. And so there's not a lot of talking in my house. I see you guys once a week. I have other uh, business meetings a couple times a week, but people talk a lot. And I was um, actually a little bit, um, <laughs> I don't know, surprised. I should know people talk, but uh, that, that took me by surprise, I guess. Well, Dina, so you, people talk at your house all the time because there's like a hundred of you that live there, right? Bunch, uh, but I will say I do understand that because my day job is I run a daycare. So I speak to people that are four and under and can't really have conversations with them so when parents get here I have some moms that will get here and stay for like 30 to 45 minutes because I'm talking to an adult and it's not about <laughs> diapers or going potty so I understand that we liking hope. to talk yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right right well, well and okay. I have not I was going to say, ahead. I have not been on vacation. We have planned our first vacation. We were supposed to, um, with my best friend from Shepherd and her family, Shepherd of the Hills, um, we were supposed to go on a cruise in July and it got canceled several times. We've rescheduled and we were stuck into a date now that we can't reschedule. And of course it was canceled again. So we have rescheduled a beach house trip to Galveston, Texas. At the oh, that's far away. So that will be, yeah, that'll be our, my first vacation in, I, I honestly, I cannot tell you the last time we went somewhere without sitting down and thinking about it. So I am super yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Plus I was on TikTok today during nap time because it makes me laugh and, um, Something came up on one of my ghost stories, one, and uh, the Super Center in Galveston is haunted because it was built on the, uh, oh, it was an orphanage, St. Somebody's Orphanage that was destroyed in the hair the hurricane that was in like 19 something early 1900s and um a bunch of the children a bunch of the children in the orphanage were killed oh. so i'm gonna go oh. ghost hunt in the walmart supercent <laughs> while you're buying necessary plastic objects or whatever That's food right. or whatever <laughs> well, I'm souvenir shopping. I'm also going to be ghost hunting. Uh, write that off on your taxes. Yeah, yeah. So speaking, right. of, right. speaking of food, um, we can move to the drink. So here's Deidre oh. with the drink. Hey, guys, it's Deidre here. Uh, I believe the girls told you I had a little bit of technical difficulty when they were recording, and uh, so I didn't get to join in. Looking forward to it next time. But... Anyway, I had uh, the hooch for this episode, and it's called Demon Juice, and it does tie in with the um, big story, which Dina will tell you more about um, if she hasn't already, <laughs> and um, here we go. 
So demon juice is one shot of pomegranate juice, one stick of rosemary lit on fire, which Dawn may like, except that's sage maybe instead of, regardless, you can, what is it called, smudge? You can smudge your house possibly while you are partaking of this hooch. Carrying on. Okay, <laughs> one shot of pomegranate juice, one stick of rosemary lit on fire. I believe that is the garnish. Um, a half a shot of orange juice, a half a shot of amaretto, one shot of light rum, but as always, we never follow directions, so you can use whatever rum you have in your cabinet. And then kind of, um, you know, no more instructions, really. You top that off with a little more pomegranate juice or dark cherry polar seltzer water, which I want to try. I don't believe I've ever had that before. And I think I might even be able to, um, you know, drink that on its own, possibly. So um, I do believe that you use the rosemary. The picture that was uh, with the recipe um, showed rosemary in the drink. And yes, it was smoking. It was just a little sprig and it was a little bit of smoke. It was kind of cool. I don't know how I feel about rosemary in my um, hooch though. Anyway, so um, I also wanted to tell you that my husband... <laughs> I thought he was trying to mess with me, all right? But we were talking about this recipe, and, and I said, um, you know, that dark cherry polar seltzer water sounds awesome. And um, we were talking about maybe getting a, a bottle of uh, pomegranate in, or, you know, a jar or whatever it is. And he said, you know, that's grenadine. And I said, it is not. Really? And he said, well, yeah, he goes, and so I didn't believe him because he does things like this to me all the time. He, um, you know, tries to pull my leg and sometimes I fall for it and sometimes I don't. But anyway, he pulled up uh, grenadine on Google and started reading off the description. And I said, you know, just because you're reading something that may or may not be on Google because you're making it up, I'm still going to go check the bottle that we have. So sure enough, the bottle that we have is made from pomegranate and it even has a little bit of dark cherry in there. Who knew? I seriously, I did not know. So there you go. Something, um, you know, educational uh, as well on um, with this hooch today. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm sorry I didn't get to partake uh, the last time. And I look forward to seeing you episode, or I don't know, seeing you, letting you hear me <laughs> during episode 13. Take care. So thank you, Deidre. Um, I personally am enjoying this drink, though I cannot keep my rosemary lit. And I don't think that's a metaphor. I don't know what that <laughs> says about me. But anyway, uh, I made it I like you have any rosemary. Like I didn't have sprigs. I could have sprinkled some in there, but I don't think that would have had the same effect. So no. my drink is rosemaryless. Okay. <laughs> Nothing yeah. worse than damp or moist rosemary. <laughs> you can say that about so many things, really. <laughs> I've had well, a little bit of my drink, so I altered mine too. It's good, I, I, uh, mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't have a sprig, so I couldn't attempt to light it. And uh, I used dark rum instead of light rum. Me so, too, because I didn't have it, any light rum. It's very tasty. I'm enjoying it. Very uh, fruity and yummy. Mm -hmm. 
I love oh, pomegranate because like it. it's not so sweet. So right. I liked it. Good. Yep. Very good. Thank you, Deidre. This was a good one, this demon drink that you had. Uh, so that brings us right to the big story, which I'm excited about because I don't know anything about it. So Dina, take it away. All right. So I chose to tell you about the Leaper Mansion in Leaper, Missouri. And in all honesty, I had a really hard time finding firsthand stories about the location, which super frustrates me because that's what when I listen to podcasts, that's what I want to hear. So that's what I want to tell you all about. But basically, it was just the same story told on several different sites. And it was just a little blurb. I didn't find anything big until I got on to Reddit. And as we all know, Reddit is a big old rabbit hole, right? So I found a bit of history about the area and the man who, by the way, is just awful. He's an awful person. I'm so sorry that I have to tell you this awful story, but he's an awful person. Um, the home and the town, um, sorry, let me start over. So the home and the town is named for uh, Leaper Mansion. Leaper, Missouri is named for Captain Leaper. Um, it's more about the history of the town and the history of this awful man than the actual home, but there is a little bit of ghosty stuff in the end. So Leaper, Missouri is located along the Black River in Wayne County in the southeast portion of the state and got its start as a railroad and logging town. It was incorporated in 1874. So one of the first residents in the area was Captain William T. Leeper, who would become one of the most prominent men of Wayne County. Raised in Kentucky, he moved to the area in 1857 and purchased 225 acres of land. The next year, he was elected county surveyor, a, pos a position he held until the Civil War broke out. He then organized Company D, 12th Regiment of the Missouri State Militia of which he became captain and began the hunt for Southern sympathizers. The following account is taken from a Reddit, that Reddit thread that I was talking about, and it's called The Mad Tale of Captain Leaper. All right, you ready? Ready. <laughs> He's mad. <laughs> yes. In 1862, Major Wilson, Leaper's superior officer in correspondence to Leaper, directed him to take a company of men dressed in butternut, which this confederate i guess and see what could be learned about the confederates camp near the white river the orders to captain leaper were to burn every barn mill and haystack on his way back once he had determined their intentions and the letter ends with the cryptic and you know i have no fondness for prisoners leaper took these orders to heart and left nary a stone unturned or farm unburned in his quest nary. to rid the area of southern yeah nary I knew you'd like that. It is quest to rid the area of Southern sympathizers, which I guess there were a lot of Southern sympathizers because it's pretty close to the boot hill. Um, anyway, Captain Leaper's methods of ferreting out and to interrogating men to determine their loyalties were direct and brutal. He was known to shoot anything that moved and burn anything that would light. In February 1864, Leaper and the 12th Missouri Militia participated in what was called by some the Battle of Mingo Swamp and by others as the Mingo Swamp Massacre. 
the McGee boys had just left the Confederate Army and returned home, ironically to protect their home from Captain Leeper's reign of terror. The McGees and their friends, the Catos, which we used to have a cat named Cato, um, sat unarmed. <laughs> we did. Sorry, that's wait, every time I, I see that name, I'm like, oh, kitty. Um, I just have to say, if the dude could burn anything that lights, I wonder if he could keep the rosemary lit. That's just what oh, I'm saying. Maybe. So, so, <laughs> Sorry. so many tie-ins there. And now, now okay. and I have a question too. So by uh, Southern sympathizers, we're talking Civil War, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to be yeah. sure. Yep. The kiddos sat unarmed at their camp at the McGee home when they were set upon in the early hours of February 4th, 1863, by Captain Leeper and his militia. All 29 men were mercilessly gunned down in a barrage of gunfire. Captain Leeper's report differs somewhat in that he reports engaging a Union camp on this date. No matter, the result was the same. 29 men lay dead, the most recent but not the last victims of a bloody series of guerrilla attacks in Ripley and St. Francis counties. Um, and that began with the Christmas Massacre of 1862 in Ripley County, where Major Wilson killed 35 Confederates and 62 civilians. It's just not good people. Not good no. People. Captain Leap, yeah, bad. Captain Leaper's harassment of the McGees did not end at Ningo Swamp. He carried on for months until 1864, when Thomas McGee, aged 64, was murdered and his body hidden. Three days later, Blair McGee was killed in front of his 12-year-old daughter and his home burned to the ground in classic Leaper fashion. When Hugh McGee and six of his men tried to surrender, they were put to death by firing squad. Eventually, Leaper's own farm was attacked and burned. Leaper vowed revenge and personally hunted down the men involved and wrote long letters home detailing in macabre prose the killing of each casualty. Eventually, even the army tired of Leaper's tactics, and he was found incompetent to serve in the army, discharged. He returned home to his farm, but he did not retire quietly. He continued his hunt for Confederates and eventually helped organize the burning of Donovan, Missouri in September 1864. Uh, at last, he sounds like a ended, thug. And in 1872, yeah, just a bully. oh man, he's just a bad bad person he's just a bad person so donovan to leaper and his son donovan go ahead what about yeah so that's what i was gonna say donovan right d-o-n it's the ph one yeah so that's that's south central missouri i just i'm trying to get i'm trying to get it geographically in my head okay but leaper is like west plains it's over that way Okay, so that makes sense. Okay. Um, Where was I? In 1872, Leeper and his son were responsible for bringing the railroad through Leeper. By then, a bustling burg boasting a posh hotel, four stores, and a post office. Once the railroad came through, the town boomed for a short while, due in no small part to the perseverance and efforts of Captain Leeper. Evidently, even Leeper's bloodthirsty past and military incompetence did not prevent him from a career in everyone take a guess what do you think he made a career in uh, 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 uh warden 
Banking. Politics. Uh, <laughs> politics. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and he eventually served as a congressman in the 25th General Assembly of the state of Missouri. It's great. Hmm. <laughs> Such a legacy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm. Captain W.T. Leeper in 1912 was 89 years old. He died at home in his bed, but not peacefully. It was said he suffered from dementia and violent fits of rage. At the end, he was tied to his bed as he thrashed and shouted at figures and demons visibly only to him. It is speculated that these demons might be the souls of the many Southern sympathizers come back to take him to hell. Well, so there you go. How, I know. I know. Just add on to how awful this man was during his life. Um, they said that he used to beat, shoot, and hang African Americans or just people he didn't like if they came across his path. So Ew. it's obvious to me why he saw demons at the end of his life, right? Where else? I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, uh, he was buried in the backyard of his home in the family cemetery. At night, he has been seen walking up Leaper Holler, and there have been reports of lights coming on and off, doors being shut, and strange noises coming from his old bedroom. One report cited growling as the noise. A neighbor mm. from Leaper has this to say about the strange occurrences at the Leaper Mansion. I live eight miles down the road from this house. It's a real odd one. The lights come on every night in no particular order. If a light bulb burns out, as the porch light did a few weeks ago, it gets replaced in a few days. I wonder who pays the electric bill. Who replaces the light bulbs? I have never seen a person around this house, and I have driven past it for over 10 years. Wow. So Evidently, it is. Yeah. Abandoned? Yes. But the huh. electricity is still on. Uh, and I even like searched um, inhabitants who owns all that and I couldn't that's what I came up with was that neighbor's story hmm. um, well, residents we're gonna have of Leaper to... also uh, go to Leaper and go to the mansion yeah go knock on, on our big world tour of the Ozarks we're totally <laughs> gonna have to do that we have to now, I, we keep adding stuff. I'm pretty sure it's going to take more than a weekend to get through all of it. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, residents of Leaper also say, along with the slamming doors, you may hear screaming and there will be windows open that had been previously closed. It seems that Captain Leaper's deathbed demons have followed him into the afterlife and are tormenting him still. So as always, if any of you guys out there in listener land have any firsthand knowledge of Tales from Leaper, Missouri, or the Leaper Mansion, please write in. We want to know your stories because we want to follow up on those. If I get any new ones, we'll, we'll talk about it again. So that's yeah. it. That's Leaper Mansion. Okay. Actually, that's just so Captain Leaper. How, do you, how did you, I mean, I've never heard of this place. How did you come across it, Dana? I was online on one of those, you know, 20 most haunted places in Missouri. Okay. And it popped up on one of those. That's how I heard of it. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I had never heard of it either. Yeah. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. He's a, he All was, right. Well, that was I good. Said, he was an awful, awful man. Awful man. It sounds like okay. it. Blech. 
Yeah. yeah. Send us stories because that sounds like that would be something. I feel like we need to go drive by there at night. Wait for the lights to come <laughs> and on. And see if we can watch yeah. the lights come off and on. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. I'm all for it. Well, thanks, Dina. That was good. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. And creepy. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Pam, what you yeah. got? All right. I've got the little one tonight. And um, I'm doing, I, I thought I would do one. <laughs> and I'm doing two. And these. this is about the Allen House and the Peel Mansion. Um, I thought I was going to, the bigger story would be the Allen house, but it turned out that it's actually the smaller, less, uh, uh, I don't know, not interesting, but, uh, less kind of spooky ghosty or story. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the Allen house and then save the peel matching for the second one. And I, and I found both of these when we did our episode on ghost towns. Uh, and that was what, like three episodes ago, two or three, something like that. It's yeah, easy. something like that. Yeah. So I'm starting with the Allen House in Monticello, Arkansas. It is the most famous haunted house in Arkansas. It's been featured on the Sci-Fi Network, and there are two books written about the house's haunted history, and yeah. there's a film in production, and I think the date on that is like 17... Yeah. Um, okay, so between 1890 and 1910, Monticello was a booming town with lots of wealthy residents. One of those residents was Joe Lee Allen. He sold wagons, automobiles, owned the Allen Hotel, a private school, and lots of timberland. He built the house between 1905 and 1906. Jolie Allen and his wife Katie had four children. Jolie, I guess Junior, or they called him Lonnie, Liddell, Walter, and Louie. Despite their wealth, it seemed the family was fraught with tragedy. Walter died an infant, and young Jolie, Lonnie, died in a car crash in 1917. Liddell, the oldest daughter, had an unlucky and dramatic love life. She met Prentice Hemingway Savage. And I, I love, I'm just going to interject here. How, uh, these rich people's names, don't they just sound rich? Mm. Prentice yeah. Hemingway yeah. Savage. <laughs> and it made me chuckle. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> she met him while she was still a teenager and they dated until he left the town in 1913. One year later, she met, and here's another one, Boyd Randolph Bonner. And <laughs> Boyd Randolph, will you come over here? And, uh, and she married him one year later. A year after that, she gave birth to her only child, a son, in 1915. In 1927, she divorced Bonner. And then some years later, her son took a job in New York City in radio. He took ill and died in 1944, and eight months later, her, eight months after that, her sister, Louie, died of heart failure. So it was just tragic all the way around for this family, one thing after another. All right, then where the story gets 
takes a turn. On March 10th of 1948, Liddell attended the horse races at Oaklawn Park in Hot Springs. I've been there, woo, many times. Me too. Yay. When I wasn't supposed to be. Like I was too young. And I Were was you underage? <laughs> I feel like my parents probably took me though. I wouldn't, didn't go on, like I was too, too young. Like not a teenager. Yeah. Have you ever been, Dawn? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used to go with mother and dad that after I way past, I was 21 and I thought it wasn't gross anymore to go out with the parents. We would go to <laughs> hot springs and spend the weekend and just have a big old time. So anyway, so this was uh, March 10th, 1948. She ran into her first love, Prentice Hemingway Savage. And then <laughs> now I'll come back to that in a minute. So that was in March of 48. On Christmas Day of 1948, at her mother's Christmas party, Liddell went upstairs to the master suite and consumed mercury cyanide. <gasps> A dramatic move. She yeah. died on January 2nd of 49. Everyone in the town knew or assumed that it was suicide, but no one knew why. Well, really? Hmm. Yeah. So then the other was part. Was she pregnant? Ah, uh, you gotta wait. You gotta oh, wait okay. and see. Uh, yes, uh, she was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the house was passed on to a grandchild who converted it into apartments, and that's when the ghost stories began and started to spread. Now we fast forward to more present day times, and a Rebecca and Mark Spencer bought the Allen House in 2007. Mark Spencer is an author and is also the Dean of the College of Arts and Humanities at the University of Arkansas in Monticello. Hmm. Um, so he has some cred there. Mm -hmm. He explained that on a hot summer morning, 2009, he awoke with an immediate compulsion to go to the attic. He didn't know why, but a voice inside him kept saying, if you go, you will find something. <laughs> if you build it, they will they come. They will come. Well, I know that's exactly that's right. what, yeah. <laughs> okay. He said he had noticed a gap in the attic floorboards before, but never investigated. Writing it off as it's an old house. There was settling, warped boards, moisture, damage, whatever, etc. But this day he kept looking at the gap and couldn't look away he got down on his knees and saw a piece of brown paper he fished two fingers between the boards and pulled out a large brown envelope inside that there were several white envelopes they were all date stamped 1948 and addressed to liddell allen bonner he opened one envelope dated October 48 with the salutation love and the initial P. Knowing the history of the Allen family and Liddell's mysterious suicide, Spencer surmised the P stood for Prentice. Mm. He ran downstairs for a crowbar and pulled up the floorboards. There he found a bottle of rum and some 90 letters 
pertaining to the relationship between Liddell Allen Bonner and Prentice Hemingway Savage. Interesting. Isn't that something? Yeah, uh, that would be big fun. Okay. Keep yeah, going. it's a big find, especially, you know, when you feel a, a compulsion like that. I mean, I've had a mm -hmm. couple of those episodes in my life where you really can't ignore something that you don't know why you're being called to look at something or go somewhere or take a turn or whatever. But yeah, anyway, um, apparently, and this is uh, kind of piecing it all together, the letter started within, uh, according to the dates, uh, the letter started within a week of March 10th, 48, when the couple ran into each other at the races. It turned into a full-blown love affair. They traveled together in Michigan and Wisconsin in July, and despite the fact that Prentice was dot, 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 wait for it, yes, indeed, married. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> Bastard. So maybe not pregnant, but you know, we don't know. Okay. Right. The letters revealed he was to start proceedings to file his wife for divorce, but something went wrong. Perhaps more tragedy? Question mark. <laughs> by October, he still wasn't divorced. And by December, he wrote Liddell to say he was not divorcing his wife. Oh. These letters told the tragic story of their love affair and provided motivation for Liddell's suicide, thereby ending the mystery. Wow. How about that? I thought that mm. was fascinating. Yeah. That it is. In 2009, you could find something that... Um, Pressure that in the walls. It's like yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. In the wall. And a bottle of rum. In a right. bottle of rum. <laughs> Yo, ho, ho. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was the Allen House, and that's in uh, southern Arkansas. That's in Monticello. Now, uh, <laughs> the the one that um, us girls may be, us Ozark girls may be more um, easily uh, uh, identified or whatever, is the Peel Mansion in Bentonville. One of the most prominent early settlers in Bentonville after the Civil War was Colonel Samuel West Peel. During the early days of the war, he started a career as local government in local government as the Carroll County clerk. He fought for the Confederacy at the Battle of Wilson's Creek and the Battle of Prairie Grove, which is real close to where I grew up. And Wilson's Creek is up by Springfield, and mom was mom was born in Prairie Grove. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember that now. Yes, yes. yes. So, and Carroll County is Eureka Springs. That's right. So there you go. That's okay. your geography Thank lesson. Thank you for interjecting and making those connections. Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mention that. That's good. That's good. Um. After the war, he studied law and then later served as prosecuting attorney in Bentonville. In 1882, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, the first native-born Arkansan to get a seat in Congress. Mr. Peel belonged to a politically powerful family. His wife, and I love this, Mary Berry, his wife, Mary Berry, was sister to James Henderson Berry, the 14th governor 
of Arkansas. After Mr. Peel left Congress, he worked as an attorney for the Native Americans in the Indian Territory in Oklahoma. Hmm. The Colonel lived in Bentonville and raised several children in the Peel Mansion. The house is now open to tourists with actors and guides in historic dress telling the history of the mansion, much like they do here at the Hermitage for Andrew Jackson and uh, just right across the road from where I live. Mm -hmm. So here's where the ghost stories are. Uh, <laughs> number one, uh, one of the ghosts is reported by workers and guests alike as the white lady. She is seen coming down the main staircase in a long white dress. That's about it. Another okay. ghost encounter is Minnie Bell. Minnie Bell was the daughter of Samuel and Mary Berry. She is said to be responsible for the piano in the parlor and that sometimes it plays when there's no one in the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another ghost seen in the house is the man in tails. This man is in formal dress and is seen in many rooms around the house. He is suspected to be Colonel Peel himself. Visitors have reported smelling cigar smoke in his study. Another ghostly appearance are small, child-size, dusty footprints that appear coming from the basement and end in the foyer. <laughs> That'd be hmm. kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But then this is the most elaborate of the stories. In the early 1900s, after the war, Samuel sold the house to a family with twin daughters. These daughters wore bib overalls and liked to ride their ponies in the yard. One day, young Marjorie came into the foyer and declared she didn't feel well and then promptly passed out in the foyer. Hmm. They took her upstairs and laid her out and summoned the doctor who was in Fayetteville. And you know, they didn't have phones or, or <laughs> uh, any communication. So somebody had to ride to Fayetteville to, uh, um, you know, I guess it was 1900s. They didn't have phones back then. So anyway, the doctor arrived sometime later with a nurse. After an examination, and this is my words, on an unconscious child, mind you, <laughs> uh. it was determined her appendix ruptured or burst. The doctor proceeded to do surgery assisted by the nurse. Now, and we all know that back in those days, they had very little by way of anesthetic or medication, and especially on a 12-year-old girl that was unresponsive. Mm -hmm. So during the surgery, it appeared her systems had failed. She was pronounced dead. They covered mm -hmm. her with a sheet and the family escorted the doctor and the nurse downstairs to the door. The mother then went back upstairs to be by her child's bedside when she noticed her arm move. The child was not dead after all. Oh my. As a matter of fact, she recovered and lived a very long life. <laughs> but here's the addendum to the story that really nailed it for me and why I wanted to include this tonight is back in those days, it wasn't uncommon for someone to look dead, but not be dead. <laughs> kind of like mm -hmm. Monty Python. I'm not dead yet. I'm not no, dead. No, yeah. Not dead yet. 
So they devised a system, and you may have heard this. I had never heard this before. So they devised a system of a bell on mm -hmm. a pole that was inserted inside the casket. So if you woke up and discovered that you were buried, you could ring the bell. Mm -hmm. Evidently, there were men posted in the cemetery for the sole purpose of listening for the bell. And yes, that's where the term dead ringer comes from. Mm -hmm. The end. I knew that. I knew yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. I did too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the end. That's the Allen House and the Peel Mansion in Arkansas. Interesting. Those, those were good. Really good. Mm. Yeah. Good thanks. Thank well, you. All thank right. You. Anything that we need to say for the good of the people? <laughs> for the good of our planet? <laughs> for the good of our people that listen to us? Um, I will say that I am acting again after oh, you are. Uh, what, 15 years, I guess. Parker's going to be 18. So after maybe 16 years of not doing anything, semi-professionally uh, i guess it's professional um i am back out at shepherd of the hills only Aww. because my daughter went out to square dance and then the director um came after my youngest to play little pete and he can't drive yet and i thought well this is dumb if i'm gonna be have to be out here three nights a week anyway i might as well do this too yeah. so i signed up and then my husband signed up and then my oldest son signed up. So we are all in the Shepherd of the Hills the Outdoor Theater. It's the a family affair. Bam damnly. It's a it family is, affair. He, That's... he he did not find he is um he's a supervisor at the track family fun parks in Branson and he makes more money doing that. So the rest of the Gilmans, however, you can find Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday nights out at Shepherd of the Hills outdoor theater yeah. so when you guys go fun. to visit branson vegas go to shepherd of the hills and see the entire find out Gilman who's playing family. aunt molly and little pete because it might be me and pace yay <laughs> yeah yay. that's great congratulations i'm glad that worked Thanks. out for you yeah it's you're exciting. carrying on a long tradition of that's right larson people i have once I play Sam, or once I play Aunt Molly, I will have played every female role in that show. Oh, that's wow. very cool. That's that a great cool. legacy. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. Yay. Anyway, there you go. All right. <laughs> well, we have. I'm um, not only do we tell stories and drink, but we're famous in our own Branson, field. We're Branson famous by Branson golly. Branson famous. Yeah. That's right. All famous right, in well, our own minds in our own <laughs> outstanding in our own fields and all that um well thanks girls that was fun and thank you all listener people for listening we really appreciate it um wherever you listen and i thought um i would just sort of mention you can find us on apple podcast and podbean and Pro, Amazon Prime and Pandora and iHeartRadio and Stitcher and 
Gosh, I, there's a bunch of places. If you go on our website, you can see all the places that we're at. But when you go visit us there, please um, subscribe if they allow it and give us stars if they allow it and leave comments if they allow it. Um, because we really, uh, we, we like to read those. And if you've got um, any story ideas for us in the Ozarks, we would love yeah. to research. Yeah, include stuff. that too. Include Absolutely. That. And anything that you wanna tell us about past stories, please do that too. Cause we'll come back around to um, updates for sure. Um, what else do I need to tell you? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at our website. And that's it, I think. So everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.